Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 115. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation. Do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of Entrepreneur on Fire to share your product or message, go to sponsoreofire.com to find out more. And now let's give it up for our sponsor, Lee Lefevre of CommonCraft.com. The best ideas, products, and services are worthless unless they can be explained in a way that makes people care. CommonCraft founder Lee Lefevre's new book, The Art of Explanation, will show you the secrets to creating amazing explanations. Visit artofexplanation.com for more info. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jason Sadler. Jason, are you prepared to ignite? Let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Jason is the guy that was crazy enough to think that he could build a business out of wearing t-shirts, and now he's selling his last name. Before racking up thousands of hours of social media experience for every type of company under the sun, Jason made his mark as a graphic designer and business owner of his own web design company. Once it became clear to him that social media would be more than a passing phase, Jason set out to use these new tools and bring personality back to marketing. He's worn shirts for 1,500 plus companies and is now selling his last name to the highest bidder. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Jason, but why don't you take a minute, tell us a little bit about yourself. We want to get to know you personally, and then tell us about your business. Yeah, so uh, you you got my name right for now. We've got a a couple more days here (laughs) where it will be Jason Sadler, and obviously we'll get into that, but... I am the guy who four years ago decided uh, it'd be a good idea to try and wear t-shirts for a living and to get paid for it. And I'm not a model. Uh, I, you know, I never like worked for the Gap and looked amazing in any of the skinny jeans and decided I wanted to put myself out there. Uh, I'm just a guy who saw social media kind of coming and, and saw some opportunities to get companies' names out there in a unique and interesting way and, and kind of be the face for companies in social media. And, you know, there was, there's people on radio and billboards and TV that represent brands and I thought, you know, hey, why not, you know, someone doing that in social media? So that's what I did. And, you know, things have changed over the, the past four years from one person to five. And now we're down to, uh, to three, but we do things a little bit differently. We're no longer daily sponsors. We have weekly sponsors. Um, and we're working with, you know, different size companies, launching apps, you know, doing uh, store, um, you know, redesigns and things for people. And whenever somebody has something that they want to get promoted, whether it's a new product or a book or anything, um, you know, we like to think of ourselves as a good place to come to do some marketing. I love it. And just to clarify, you're not selling shirts, you're wearing shirts. Yeah, we, uh, it's actually funny. This week, we are going to sell shirts for the first time in what seems like forever. Um, you know, we, we don't ever really sell any shirts. I mean, even the I Wear Your Shirt 
uh, shirt doesn't really ever go on sale. Um, so it, it's very unique. People always think that, you know, number one, that I just walk around outside all day and wave at people and wear a t-shirt, which <laughs> would do nothing for anybody. Uh, and then, you know, also that we're like a t-shirt company and, and really we're not, you know, it's not our specialty, but we are partnering with a couple different artists in the next couple months to, to do some interesting designs and, and actually very fitting for this, this show, very entrepreneurial focused stuff with messaging on them that, you know, I stand behind and, you know, I've, I've kind of said in my career and, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun, but before we delve too deep into that, cause we're going to, let's start off with our success quote. Cause we love getting the motivational ball rolling here at Entrepreneur on Fire with our guest's favorite success quote. So what do you have for us today, Jason? Well, I kind of have two, but I'm going to give you my one that I think almost everybody on the internet has seen by this time. Um, and that is, um, the old saying, good things come to those who wait. I made this poster, uh, like a year ago and it says, good things come to those who wait. And that's scratched out. And it says, good things come to those who work their asses off and never give up. Because really, that's what an entrepreneur is. It's someone who fights through the lows, you know, enjoys the highs, but knows that you just, you can't give up no matter what's going on, no matter how bad things are, no matter how good things are, you just have to keep going. And, and so I kind of, you know, I, I even posted on my Facebook wall today and said, you know, I need this again for myself, you know, just to remind myself that you got to keep working hard no matter what's going on. So give us a specific example of how you've applied this mentality to your business recently. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had a we had a, a, a tough time earlier this year where, you know, the model of the daily shirt wearing with multiple shirt wearers, you know, it, it, I don't think it necessarily wore itself thin as much as just p companies were really wanting to get more time, more exposure because everything's going so fast in social media now that, you know, just having one day of, of having someone talk about you it gets lost, right? I mean, you know, we're all checking our Twitter and our Facebook daily and you can miss a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, what I really thought about with that was to move from the daily to the weekly model, give companies a week of time to do that. But, you know, we had to shrink down our team. You know, we had to redo a lot of stuff. We had to rebuild a website. You know, we had to do all these things and everything was running smoothly before that. You know, so I really took a big risk to say, you know, I'm seeing this, you know, not working the way that I want it to. And, and I don't want to get to a point where, you know, we're not having any you know, businesses come through the door. And, and so we kind of had to hunker down and almost start over. And, and so I feel like we're almost a startup again. You know, it's, I've been a startup for a couple of years and now we're in a startup mode again. We're bootstrapping and you know, we're trying to find awesome clients and, and it's going well. It's just, you just can't give up. You got to keep pushing through. And that's the beauty of bootstrapping of being a lean startup is that you really can pivot to when you really see these new opportunities or new changes in the marketplace. So I definitely commend you on doing that, Jason. It's just great to see that you're really taking that lean startup to heart. And that'll be a perfect lead-in to our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges or obstacles that every entrepreneur faces on some level multiple times throughout their journey. Take us back to sometime in your journey when you failed, when you were in despair, or you just came against a challenge that you just really had to work hard to overcome. And then take us through how you overcame that obstacle. Yeah, I mean, I think I think my biggest, uh, you know, failure, I think, is a, is a tough word for this one. But, you know, the biggest thing that I've done that didn't work out, I mean, I guess, you know, if you could call it a failure if you want. But I started a nonprofit a couple years ago, you know, when, when I reassured it was going really well called One Million Shirts. And the idea was... I, you know, everybody had said, you know, what are you doing for charity? You know, you're not, you're not giving back and, you know, all this stuff. And I said, all right, cool. Well, I'll do something that, you know, means something to me. I will try and get the world to donate a million shirts and send those shirts to rural villages in Africa and, 
and give people, you know, clothing because, you know, there are pictures of people in Africa, you know, running around without clothes on and everyone says that, you know, they need clothing and they can't afford it. And, and so my mind, you know, being the entrepreneur and, you know, wanting to set a big goal said, I want a million shirts donated. You know, I know it'll do some good. I found a, a couple of good organizations that could help me get those shirts there. And I, I built, had a beautiful website built, got all this momentum going and then just got attacked by nonprofit organizations saying that, you know, people in those villages didn't need handouts, you know, they didn't need hand ups, they needed the opportunity to do things for themselves, you know, and, and also donating a lot of goods to these villages puts local, um, you know, commerce kind of out of business. Because if you can imagine, even if people are selling shirts for 25 cents or 50 cents over there, if you just go and give them to everybody for free, no one's going to spend any money. Um, so it really hurts the small economies there. So. It, it was really a huge struggle for me. I mean, I had so many sleepless nights where I was trying to figure out, you know, am I, am I doing this wrong? You know, I have so many people who, I, we had 12,000 t-shirts donated in like four days. Um, like it, the idea really would like struck a chord with people and they wanted to get behind it and it was awesome. But I had to, I had to take a second and step back and said, you know, am I going to, am I doing the right thing by going forward with this, even if everybody's really behind it? And I, I just said to myself, you know what? I think for the the small amount of people who are in this space, all the nonprofit folks, and I, I had a couple really good ones, um, you know, find me, and a couple really mean ones find me, which was not fun to deal with. Uh, you know, it's you never want really negative, harsh criticism, but um, you know, I, I just said, you know what, this isn't going to work. You know, I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing the right thing. Um, I pulled the plug on it. You know, a lot of people were unhappy that they couldn't continue through with it, and they thought it was a great idea. And um, you know, I kind of got slammed in the press for, you know, starting this idea and, and dropping it and, and not doing it. But I learned a lot of lessons during that short time. And, you know, one of those really is you have to do things that you're really, you know, are kind of close to you. You know, I just kind of jumped into the world of nonprofit and I didn't know anything about it. And I don't know anything about economies in Africa and in different countries and different villages. And, um, you know, I, I really learned a lot about kind of overstepping my bounds and going into places where, you know, I don't really have any means being, you know, I need to look for experts in those places if I want to try and help. Man, that is a powerful example. I just never would have thought that, for instance, donating clothing would be a potential negative. You and me both, my friend. It's just, it's really an eye opener. And again, something I haven't really brought up and it doesn't apply a hundred percent to this situation, but it seems like in every scenario that you do, whether it's launching a product, a service, anything along those lines, you're always going to be abiding by this 20-60-20 rule where 20% of people are just going to be in love with what you're doing. They're really going to be passionate about it. They're your fans, they're your supporters, and they're just going to be behind you. And then you have 20% of people who are just always going to be negative about it. No matter what, there's always negative people out there that are going to try to jump on there and have their voice heard by being controversial and just by being negative. And then it's like the middle 60 where you really have to try to gauge, this is the percentage of people that I really want to figure out if this is going to have legs, if this is going to work, because this is the percentage of people that I'm going to need to really make this a success, whether it be a charity or a product or a service or anything along those lines. Have you found that to be the case? Have you been able to move forward and really block out that negative 20 that's always going to be there? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because it's so true, right? I mean, like there are the I Wear Your Shirt Faithful who I know will watch this, you know, or listen to this interview, um, you know, and, and they'll, you know, they'll share it. They'll love it. They'll tweet about it. They'll, you know, they'll send me an email about it, whatever. And, and then there'll be those, you know, there'll be those people out there that, you know, have continually not enjoyed the things that I've done. And, you know, they'll either make comments or, you know, they'll say something snarky. And then, you know, you, again, like you said, you kind of have this group in the middle where they can kind of go either way, but, you know, most of the time they're helping you. And, and with everything, I mean, with starting I Wear Your Shirt, you know, you can imagine that 
putting myself out there and saying, I'm a normal guy. No one knows who I am. I don't even have a presence in social media, but I want to be the guy who gets paid to do this. I mean, a lot of people were unhappy about that. And, you know, I just, I just had thick skin about it. And I just said, you know what? I think this is something that I wanted, you know, something I want to do. It's something that I'm passionate about. So let me do that. And, and the same thing with, you know, that nonprofit. I mean, there were so many people that were excited about it. And then there were a lot of people that weren't. Um, and then, you know, my most recent, the last name thing, uh, if you look at the comments on any of the big press that I've gotten so far, it's hilarious. I mean, it is literally pretty much exactly what you just said. I mean, if that breakdown is probably almost mathematically true <laughs> to what people are saying about this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you really just, at some point, too, you got to go with your gut, right? And you have to make the decision that I believe in this. This is what I want to do. No matter what kind of the crowd is saying, you know, let's go forward and let's really put in some some effort. Hey, and sometimes you got to do things that are controversial because that just really yeah. pushes the envelope on a lot of areas. It makes people argue and converse with each other. And then it has people on both sides that are just really being alienated for whatever reasons. And they're just coming out of the woodworks. And so I can see where people that come to you that you really respect were just like, hey, this is going to be negative for this specific reason. And they give you legitimate reasons. Then you got to step back and think, wow, well, maybe if that's actually going to have this effect on the economy, I do need to double think this. But when it's other scenarios and it's just people being controversial for controversial sake, that's not always a bad thing. And there's always some good things that come out of having that kind of line that can be crossed. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of like the most well-known agencies of the world or, or marketing companies of the world and and all that they want with any campaign they do is a reaction. Good, bad, you know, whatever it is, they just want a reaction because you know what that means? People are talking about it. And even if you post a long rant on your Facebook wall about how you hate this XYZ ad or whatever, you know, you, you don't agree with whatever they're doing, you're helping that get seen, right? I mean, you're you're doing the work that they wanted you to do. And a lot of people, I think, just don't understand that that's, that's the psychology of advertising and marketing. You know, like you said, you do something controversial, people are talk, will talk about it. And, it, you know, for, on, I think all entrepreneurs, I mean, this, myself included, all press is great press, right? I mean, I, I'll do any interview, I'll, I'll talk to anybody because you never know who's going to be listening. You never know who's going to read that. You never know who's going to share it. And it can always end up being something great for you. And it's worth the risk. It's worth the time. Derek Halpern loves to talk about this, where he created this article that said, design is king. And he found this study that said, design is king for the first couple seconds when anybody gets to any website or webpage. And then he reached out and he said, he, he reached out to the content, to the writers and said, hey, I came across this study. What do you guys think about that? And of, co of course, they were controversial about it because they were like, well, obviously writing and content is king. I don't think design is king. So they were writing all over this article. And then he reached out to the designers and said, hey guys, look what the writers are saying about this study that was done that benefits designers. What do you think? So then they all get on his chat board and they're going back and forth. So he just brought these two separate camps, brought them together in a clash of sorts and had one of his most trafficked and commented on articles that he's ever had because he brought in that controversy. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great point. I mean, you know, I was a designer before I was wearing shirts for a living, and that was my degree in school. And and I, you know, I think great design is something that can, you know, make or break a project, right? I mean, your first impression when you get to a website is huge because if, if the website's crappy, no matter how badly you're interested in whatever it is, if you can't navigate to where you want to go or you can't do any stuff, I mean, you're going to just be, you know, you're going to be upset and you're going to not come back and you're not going to care about it. Um, but then, you know, you also need good copy, right? I mean, you don't want grammar mistakes written all over something where people are like, wow, you know, did a, a middle schooler write this? You know, like, <laughs> what's going on here? So, uh, yeah, definitely important stuff. And, and a great way to get people to, you know, get traffic on your own stuff is to incite, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, 
uh, criticism from different camps and see how they kind of respond to it. Awesome point. And let's use that to transition now to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. You've shared with us a failure that you've had and how you overcame that and have moved forward since then. But let's talk about an aha moment now, because as an entrepreneur, we're always having little aha moments every single day that are inspiring us, that are having us pivot into new directions. Take us back into your journey when you really had this light bulb go off and you said, wow, this is going to resonate with my fans, with my audience, with my target base. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, kind of my biggest aha moment so far in my, you know, my entrepreneurial career this year of four years going now is, you know, back in 2009, excuse me, 2009, when, um, you know, the last day on the first calendar, the 2009 calendar of I Reassured sold out, you know, that 365th day. And it, it just kind of, I remember sitting back, I remember the email coming in, I remember the guy, Justice Craigle, who bought the day, and I'll never forget it. And, you know, I just, I remember sitting there going, wow, you know, I like, I did this, you know, I put this whole thing together, I, I've worked, you know, my ass off for, you know, this entire year, and, you know, and I, I sold the year out, and, you know, I could actually look forward to doing something, you know, what's the next chapter, you know, what's the next thing? And, and then, you know, it was right after that, that Reuters emailed in and said, you know, hey, we want to do a piece on you. And then CBS Evening News emailed in and said, hey, we want to do a piece on you. And, you know, all this press came and, and it was just really like, I think there were like three weeks when I was just on cloud nine because, you know, things had really come together. All the plans that I had put together had really just culminated into one successful thing. Um, and, and it was awesome. I mean, and I wish, obviously, I wish that upon any entrepreneur, they could feel that thing. And, and if I could, you know, impart any advice, it's just to literally just keep doing what you're passionate about and, and have a goal and set more goals and, you know, just keep doing that because it will come just if you put in the work and you don't give up. So what was your specific aha moment and then what steps did you take to actually turn that moment into success? Yeah, I mean, the aha moment was, you know, that last day selling of that first year's calendar, that 365th day. And, and you know, the steps to do that were, you know, I, I launched, you know, I reassured in 2008 um, in October and no one even cared, you know, and then, you know, it came to November and, you know, the whole year was for sale the next year and, and people weren't buying. And so I really just started, you know, I emailed all my friends and, you know, I, I really started to get on Twitter and at reply people. And you can imagine in 2008, when you send at replies to people, they saw them because yeah. there weren't 500 million people on Twitter. You know, I mean, it was a smaller group of people. Um, you know, I was under, I was one of the first million people to sign up for Twitter. You know, so you, you, that sounds kind of crazy to say, but it really mattered back in that time because if you send an ad reply to people, they weren't getting hundreds of them a day. They were getting like three a day. So, you know, it was really, you know, putting in that effort and then just going through with the plans. I mean, that that really got me to that point of like, wow, you know, I did this. This was successful. You know, I feel great about this, that aha um, because, you know, I, I put in the time and I put in the effort every single day and made sure that I was doing the best that I possibly could to kind of see my vision through. Jason, you have a lot of exciting things going on in your businesses right now. If you could just pick out one thing that's really exciting you about your business, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would love to say the buy my last name thing, but, you know, I think that's going to obviously end in a week and a half. So um, I'll, I'll let people check that out or, you know, we can mention that a little bit. But, Really, the big thing I think for I Reassured and the direction that we're going is that we're giving companies the opportunity to, number one, be seen by a highly engaged audience of people, you know, that actually care about the content we're putting out. And they're not just there because, you know, they randomly found us and they follow us. You know, they've been there for years and they, they want to know what companies we're talking about. And the other thing is that, you know, we're helping companies 
understand social media better and that we're helping them do strategy stuff and we're helping them do, you know, private consulting stuff because yeah, it's not the consumer facing side of it, but at the end of the day, these companies need to understand, hey, social media is constantly changing. You know, if you read an ebook or a, a webinar from a year ago, it's not going to do anything for you. I mean, so much has changed. So many of the rules have changed. So many more people are on it that you constantly have to be changing. And we work with companies over and over again to keep telling them, you know, hey, this is what you should be doing. These are the steps you should take. These are the angles that are working for companies. Um, and, and that's what I'm, I'm really passionate about right now because we can actually really help companies stay on the cutting edge of social media because we're in it every single day. I mean, we use every platform almost to its fullest every day. Um, with exception to the new MySpace, because I don't know if it has a purpose for business yet, but I do love music. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes, but that's, that's kind of where we are right now, and I'm, I'm really digging it. It's exciting stuff. So, Jason, take us through the selling of your name. Take us through the moment when the idea popped in your head to the creation of the process to where we are right now and to where you think we're going to be in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, my mom let me know she was going through a divorce. And, uh, you know, this is my stepdad who had adopted me a couple years ago, more than a couple years ago. But um, and it just made me realize that, you know, hey, I lived with my mom my entire life. Well, not lived with, but been with my mom my entire life and, and realized, you know, I, I don't need this last name anymore. If she's going to change her last name, you know, am I following that? Do I pick my own last name? You know, how do you find your own your new last name? Right. I mean, I didn't have anything else to fall back on. So I jokingly said, why don't I just sell it? And we all kind of laughed. I was with my family and my girlfriend. And, uh, and then it kind of, you know, it, it went away for a couple months. And then probably August, you know, we were at a planning meeting with my company. And I brought it back up and said, you know, what if I really did this? And we thought about it. And we kind of looked at, you know, how we would put it together. And, and I said, let's do it, you know. And, and so I had a website built. And it's actually been built for a couple months. But I waited for the election to end because there would have been no chance for me to get pressed during the election. Um, and I also, I don't, you know, no offense to Mitt Romney, but I didn't really want Mitt Romney as my last name because I know they were spending a lot of money on <laughs> face tattoos and other weird things. But, um, you know, I, I just decided that I would wait till that was done. I would put up a 40 day auction on buymylastname.com. It started at $0 and I would just put it out there through social media. I would email my contact list. Um, you know, I, I would really just give it its best chance to, to go. And, you know, here we are, we're, you know, I think there's about 10 days left or nine days left in the auction. It ends December 12th at midnight. Um, the, uh, the highest bidder right now is a company called JLab Audio for $34,500. What? Yep. And, uh, and my last name is going to change everywhere in social media. Um, so anywhere my name is seen, you know, I'll be Jason, whatever my new last name is. And, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good advertising opportunity for a company because, it's something that they could continue to use me at their own events or bring me to other places. You know, I'll be going to South by Southwest this year. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that people could do with this to kind of keep the momentum going. And there's going to be a lot of press about it. I mean, I've got a, a good press list waiting, you know, for December 13th to talk about that company and who bought it, which is a unique opportunity because you can't, you can't buy your way into press anymore. I mean, you really can't, you have to do stuff that stands out. And that's really what this idea to me is. So, um, I'm excited. You know, I, I don't know who it's going to be, and I think there's going to be a couple bidders at the end. And you know, it's it's a pretty cool opportunity right now. That is so cool. And are you under the impression, and were you under the impression from the very beginning that your last name would change to the company that bought you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole idea was I'm looking for a company or a brand or you know, someone that you know sees the opportunity of of you know, kind of the name you know going everywhere and being seen in a lot of places, and especially for the next year, because that's the the deal is that it's going to change for the next year. Um, and 
there's a there's a lot of a lot of buzz about it right now. I mean, I was on the homepage of Yahoo, the homepage of ABC. I've been on Fox News and and just a lot of you know really great you know press for this so far and and the media has actually been really you know great about it. I mean, most of the people I talk to are like they're just like this is a great idea, and I'd almost expect them to be like you're an idiot for doing this, but. I think they really see that, like, I've thought through all the angles of this. I've thought through, you know, I'm legally changing it. You know, I'm, I'm putting it out on social media. It is going to be a good bit of promotion for a company in a very kind of unique way. And I don't have a last name that means anything to me. So it's not like I'm, like, throwing my, throwing my lineage away. Well, I happen to have about 50K lying around. So how <laughs> does Jason Entrepreneur on Fire sound? It's good. We, you got <laughs> 30 characters to use, so you could go crazy. 30 characters. I'm under that. Sweet. All right. So Jason, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? I like it. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think just the, like my own sense of self that like I could do this. You know, I didn't, I didn't need to work at a secure job and that I could, you know, go out on my own and make something happen and be successful. What is the best business advice that you ever received? Probably not to listen to everyone's criticism, you know, to really take criticism, you know, for what it is and, and where it's coming from and that, you know, some people are going to not like the things you're doing and some are, and you really have to take that with a grain of salt and just move forward. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? I think just trying to be unique and different, you know, not trying to copy someone else's idea, but really just trying to give exposure to companies, create good social media content, you know, use our personalities to create videos and photos and, um, and really just, you know, be ourselves. And, and that's really working for us right now. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Honestly, email. And I know it sounds really weird, but email for me is something that I spend hours on every single day because everyone checks their email. You know, it's, it's the one thing where you're not going to get clouded with, you know, deals and offers because you sort what you want to see in your inbox, whereas, you know, Twitter and Facebook, you don't. Um, email is just huge for me. I mean, it's not necessarily a productivity thing, but it's, it's huge. If you could recommend a book to Fire Nation, what would it be? I think really, honestly, one of the, the books that stood out for me, and, and I don't read a ton of books, I'll give you two. One is Purple Cow by Seth Godin, um, because that's really, you know, kind of what I was when I started I Reassured and kind of what I am doing by my last name is standing out from the, the other cows, if you will, um, not to call anybody a cow, but. <laughs> well, you're calling yourself a cow, so it's fine. Yes, myself. And then Crush It by Gary Vee. I mean, I, I'm a huge Gary Vee fan. I had the pleasure of speaking alongside him and, and being uh, different events with him. And, you know, he's helped me promote almost every idea and thing that I've had. And I try and do the same with him, but crush it was, it's just a great book to really give you a kick in the pants and, and tell you that you just got to get out there and do it. You got to grind and you got to work hard. And, and I really live my life by those things. Awesome. Yeah. We've had Gary Vee on the show. He is just a great entrepreneur. Yeah. So Jason, imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have right now. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would probably just, you know, to hold on to that money or, or buy myself, you know, some t-shirts so I could stockpile my, my clothing um, and, and really just sell the laptop on eBay and live my life technology free. I know it sounds really weird, but like, I think if I had the opportunity to do that now, I see why people want to do that. And I would just 
live my life completely free of technology and just see what that's like because I'm in a whole different world and I have that opportunity, I think it'd be really cool. That would be really cool. And that's a really unique answer. And it's pure Zen. I like it. Yeah. So Jason, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview. We are all better for it. Give us one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, my parting piece of guidance is focus more, do less. Um, you know, there's so many things that we can all do every single day, you know, from checking Twitter to Facebook to email to, you know, calling people to doing all these things. And really, I think if, if you sit down and you focus on doing one thing really well for a couple hours or a couple days or whatever, you'll realize that it, it helps you so much more. And, and that goes along with if you have different business ideas or different marketing things, focus on one, do it really well, see it through then go from there on changing and adapting and, and give yourself the chance. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I, I would love to, uh, you know, any companies that listen to this that want some unique exposure in social media, check out iRearShirt.com. If anybody wants a really ridiculous, unique advertising spend, go to buymylastname.com and bid on my last name. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to finding the next fun company who wants to, uh, to be my last name for the next year. Jason, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your knowledge. Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, you asked for it and I created it. My first free ebook, 10 Incredible Insights from 10 Incredible Entrepreneurs is published. All four pages of it. Simply go to eofire.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You will get immediate access to the top business insights from the likes of Barbara Corcoran, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, and seven other incredible guests. Prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.